It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 463 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you live on this fine Wednesday into Thursday. I know I said yesterday on the podcast that I would not be back until after the game on Thursday, but uh, this is something of a bonus episode. I'm not going to post it uh, on Peachtree Hoops or anything, anything else. This is going to be kind of an exclusive uh, sort of subscribers slash Twitter followers uh podcast. Hopefully you guys check it out and find it um, on my feed here. Um, the meat of this podcast will be a crossover edition. I actually went on the Locked on Falcons podcast with Aaron Freeman, and uh, that audio is going to be posted on this feed on this particular episode. Um, with that said, there's a little bit of Hawks news that I was going to add um, here at the beginning of the pod before we get into the interview that I did with Aaron, talking about some Falcons and some Hawks and some NBA stuff. So hopefully, you know, obviously stay, stay tuned for that. But um, until that gets here, um, there is some Hawks news to catch up on, and I figured I would touch on it here before the game. Um, first and foremost, uh, there was a couple of G League uh, moves, actually. Daniel Hamilton and Jalen Adams will be going to Erie for Hamilton. It's a it's an assignment to Erie for Adams. It's, it's a transfer to Erie. Of course, Jalen Adams is on the uh, on, on a two-way contract, and one of those things where he can, he's going to go up, up and down at some times this season. Um, it's actually a little, a little bit of a surprise. I mentioned this before, that Adams has been up in Atlanta as long as he has been because the Hawks do have two point guards in Trey Young and Jeremy Lin, and uh, they also have DeAndre Bembry and Kent Bazemore, guys who can handle the ball. So, 
Uh, the Adams move going down to Erie is no surprise. It was always going to come in the very near future. He will be back at some point to Atlanta because he has you know up to 45 days. He's already used a few of those days, of course, spending some time in Atlanta. But for a two-way contract, you're allowed to spend 40, up to 45 days with the NBA club, and Adams will be uh, going back down to save some of those and perform at the G League level. Uh, as for Daniel Hamilton, there are no such days in terms of uh, the back and forth there. He's just been assigned there. He's on a full one-year guaranteed contract with the Hawks. Um, the last couple of games, he's actually been healthy, but been inactive for Atlanta. He was upgraded to basically available a couple of games ago, but I guess it was about last week. Hamilton missed all of training camp and all of preseason with a rotator cuff injury. Um, actually, I was a little bit surprised that he came back as soon as he did. But um, with that said, this seems like a move that's going to be sending Hamilton to the G League to get some uh, basketball time, some on-court time. He's not played a lot of basketball in the recent past. Of course, he didn't play in preseason, didn't play in training camp, and uh, was not with Atlanta, at least, uh, with, the, with the Hawks in Summer League. So he's not really been on the floor in this system a whole lot. You know, Erie's not exactly the same as Atlanta, but getting him some court time is probably a good idea at this point in time. And because there really isn't a path for him to play at the moment in Atlanta because of the, of the good work of Kevin Herter and DeAndre Bembry on the wings um, and the fact that he's kind of this uh, hybrid player, he's very similar to Bembry in some ways in that he's not a pure point guard, but he definitely has the point guard skills, probably needs the ball in his hands. And the ball kind of just won't be in, won't be in his hands, and he won't be, he won't be able to be on the floor in Atlanta right now. So going him going to G League is not really surprising to me. It was not something that I was really thinking was going to happen immediately, but still at the same time, it does make a lot of sense. And we'll see Hamilton back in Atlanta, I'm sure, in the relatively near future. But um, no no uh, opportunity cost really. He wasn't going to be playing in Atlanta, so might as well get him some time to sort of knock the rust off in the G League and see how he looks at a different level. Uh, one more thing on the pod before we get to the uh, talk that I had with Aaron Freeman, and that is that uh, Travis. Schlenk actually went on 92.9 the game here in Atlanta, and this was uh, transcribed by Kale Chenard on Wednesday, and he gave a little bit of an update on John Collins. Nothing that's terribly uh, new in terms of Collins, but I want to at least pass this along to you because it was uh, th- thankfully transcribed by Kale because I missed this one on the radio. But uh, he first he first noted that Collins is quote progressing along nicely end quote. The reevaluation date that the Hawks announced for Collins was already uh, November the fourth, but Schlenk reaffirmed that that is of course next week. And uh, as uh, actually as, you, as you're hearing this now, it's probably going to be November first when you're hearing this. So you know, over the weekend and into next week, the Hawks do have a game on the uh, on the sixth, which probably isn't going to be uh, played played by Collins because of the fact that uh, uh, Schlenk said that Collins does not have any pain right now, which is a very very good thing in the ankle that he's been battling throughout the uh, early stages of the season. But he's going to need to recondition. He's not really been doing anything in terms of uh, conditioning and running because he's trying to get the uh, ankle back in order. So he's probably not going to be in the, in the greatest shape right away. He'll take some time to have to. Ramp, ramp up things a little bit. So, I, you know, judging by those comments, I, I was not necessarily thinking that he's, he was going to play immediately after that reevaluation anyway on November 4th. But uh, given the given the fact that uh, Schlenk said he'll need to ramp up a little bit, I don't think he's going to be playing in that first game after the, after the evaluation. The Hawks play the Charlotte Hornets on the road on election night, which is Tuesday, next Tuesday. Uh, after that, the Hawks have a back-to-back. They play at, uh, at home on that Wednesday against the New York Knicks on, the, on November 7th. After that, they have a day off on the 8th and then another home game on November the 9th. Uh, you know, it's, I'm, we'd, we'd all be guessing at this point in time, but Collins uh, could come back in that stretch. You know, having no pain is definitely a good thing for someone like Collins, and of course the Hawks are going to take their time with him, as they've already shown. They have no reason to push him along. Uh, they definitely need him on the court because he's one of their best players, if not the, if not, if not their, their best player that's available at this, point, at, at this moment in time, but with that said, 
they're going to they're going to take their time as they should with John Collins, and uh, he is someone who the Hawks want to be careful with. So uh, you know the reevaluation date still the same, November fourth, but at least Schlenk uh, noted that he has no pain and that he's progressing nicely, and that's kind of all you want to hear with a guy like John Collins. So I know a lot of people have been asking me about Collins, and my standard line is the reevaluation is November fourth, and that's kind of all we need to know at this point in time. Um, the Hawks, of course, know more than we do, but uh, in terms of public facing stuff and stuff that I've heard, even heard behind the scenes, that's the big date, um, sort of his sign off date potentially with with a doctor, and but that's that's what he'll be reevaluated again and uh, from and, and from now until then it's only three or four days from now but uh it's kind of a holding pattern with john collins and at some point i'm sure the hawks will be making an announcement after that or at least some sort of proclamation as to when he'll be uh potentially returning to the action so with that said, uh, please, before you before we get to the uh, podcast with Aaron Freeman, he says it as well on the show, but please subscribe to the Locked on Falcons podcast. It's one of the best. I am, I am a subscriber. I am a listener to the podcast. I know a lot of Hawks fans are also Falcons fans, and uh, Aaron does a great job. He's a very, very knowledgeable football guy and has his uh, finger on the pulse of the action with the Haw- with the uh, Falcons, I should say, not the Hawks, but um, we'll talk about that plenty on this interview as well as the entire Locked on Podcast Network. It's uh, an awesome place to be if you're a Braves fan, Hawks fan, you know Tennessee fan, or you know Michigan fan. There's all kinds of... Uh, Georgia fan. There's all, all kinds of podcasts if you want to listen to all of them, and they they should be there as well um, on, on the Locked On Podcast Network, as, as well as national shows for the NBA and NFL and fantasy basketball and fantasy football, all quality podcasts, and you definitely want to check those out in the very near future. So after a short break, we'll be back with Aaron Freeman. Uh, he's sort of interviewing me, so be, be prepared for that, but uh, Aaron does a great job, and uh, here is that. So after a short break, we'll be, back, we'll be back with that talk that I had with Aaron Freeman. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. So guys, you know me, I'm Aaron Freeman. I've been covering the Falcons for many years at filefans.com on Twitter at filefans. And of course, the host of this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast It's a little bit of a crossover, cross branding on the Locked On podcast network here. Because I am joined by Locked On Hawks host Brad Rowland. We like to have Brad on a couple of times a year. Most recently, I promised to have him on in August. I did not fulfill that promise. But we did have him on back in late May, I think, maybe like a couple of weeks before the draft, talking quite a bit about Luka Doncic that didn't necessarily turn out too well. But anyway, I'm, I'm putting the cart before the horse. Welcome back to the show, Brad. Uh, always happy to be here, man. Always uh, have fun talking about whatever we talk about, whether that be Falcons yeah. or Hawks or NBA or anything. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk and uh, should be fun. Yeah. So we're going to talk about both subjects here, but uh, because I asked Brad to be on my show initially, we'll talk about the Falcons first and then we'll get to the Hawks. Um, so Brad, what are your thoughts on the current Falcons 2018 season? Um, You know, it's... It's not um it's not been the most fun I've ever had watching a football team, I will say. Yeah. 
that seems kind of obvious. Uh, I do think um, sort of the doom and gloom is probably a little bit too far. I think it's pretty it's pretty uh, easily explainable, which I'm sure you've done, and I, don't, I know I've heard you do on your podcast for the last several weeks. You know, when you just have everyone kind of fall over and die on defense, that's kind of not going to be great. Um, but getting to three and four, it's not like all hope is lost either. So it's sort of, I always say something on my podcast or talking when I talk about um, Atlanta sports in general is the Falcons are my most pure fan experience at this point. I'm kind of a jaded media member on Hawks stuff and Brave stuff, but I don't cover the Hawks. I mean, I don't cover the Falcons as much as I used to or really hardly at all. So it lets me kind of be a fan, which is nice. And I can get mad um, on Twitter and get, get mad at in life and kind of get frustrated and be a fan, which is fun. And I also try to be as responsible as possible and uh, people always ask me Falcons questions and I like to defer ones that I don't understand um, or at least that I don't feel comfortable discussing too much to guys like you who are very smart um, so I know a little bit about about, about uh, the NFL about football but I'm also not the full-blown expert so it's one of those things where I'm in this nice you know comfortable um, I would say informed fan, but not someone who's going to you know take you through the all twenty two like you guys do. So I like talking about it. It's not been the most fun season in the world, but also it's still the NFL, and I enjoy it. Yeah, well, you know, not to brag, but I am going to brag for a second. If you listen to this podcast, Locked On Falcons, then you will be uh, certainly an informed fan. So uh, that definitely qualifies. And um, I do, and I do every time it comes on. It's one, it's one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite podcasts. I'm not just saying it because I'm on it. It's uh, I enjoy it every single uh, episode. So uh, that's just me with a shameless plug, but it's absolutely true. Yeah. So, um, Brad, you know, looking at the season, you said they're three and four. They've sort of had two straight wins. They're coming out of their bye week. Um, they have some tough, you know, n- no games in the NFL are easy. They have some games that you wouldn't necessarily look at and say. Oh, these are teams that are sort of, you know, are, you know, I try to think of a word for it. You know, these juggernaut sort of teams with Washington and, and Cleveland coming out of the bye week. They got an upcoming game against New Orleans as well. Um, they have some games against Dallas and Green Bay and, and Baltimore later in the season. So they have some winnable games. They have some tough matchups as well coming up. Do you feel like this team is, a, is headed in the right direction? You feel like that they can sort of, scrap a thing together and maybe make a run and, and push for a playoff spot. They're not that far out of it. If you know, the season ended right now, I think they're like one or two games behind a wild card spot. So they're, they're in the mix. They are. And I think, I mean, obviously you, you got to get to nine to have any chance and maybe 10. Uh, it's always interesting to see where that kind of lands, but at a minimum, they got to win six of the last, um, you know, win six of the last nine here. And that's, it's a tall order. I do think, it would be helpful if Deion Jones came back uh, when he comes back or if he comes back. That'd be very helpful to have that kind of, you know, game-changing caliber player on defense would be very nice for a team that needs some help on that side of the football. But, I mean, you mentioned um, the schedule. I, I'm of the mind, and maybe you have, uh, maybe you disagree, or maybe you've even said this before. I, I'm, not, I'm not actually not sure. I can't remember it at the top of my head, head as I'm talking now. But I think they have almost have to win these next three. And I know at Washington's kind of a tough task right now. They're actually playing pretty well, especially defensively. But uh, Washington at Cleveland and then home for Dallas, if you can go out and get those three and win five in a row and be six and four, you're in great shape. But if you drop one of those and you're five and five, you know, with four really tough games after that, you still have New Orleans, you have Baltimore, you have Green Bay and you have at Carolina. Those are really tough games. So if you're if you're sitting at five and five with those four and of course you could lose any any, any week in the NFL as, as Falcons fans have definitely seen. I think you kind of have to get these next three to have a 
very realistic shot. Maybe you disagree, but I think that's kind of where I am right now. And they're all winnable. You know, the Falcons, they may not be favored in all three. In fact, they're not favored this week in Washington. But, you know, these three, these three on the schedule, I think you just have to get all three. And if they don't get all three, then uh, uphill battle from there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the good thing is um, they, they probably – yeah, you're right. I, I, I was trying to – talk my way around you know, them <laughs> maybe dropping one of these three but basically i, I think you're right they, it's you know they put themselves in a really favorable situation if they can win these next three um they put them in a less favorable situation if they lose even one of these games so we'll sort of have to see how they navigate that the good thing is they got you know Deion jones seems like he's on track to come back for that week 11 game which is the earliest game that he can come back that'll be a home game against dallas um, so they just sort of have to navigate the, this Washington game, this Cleveland game. I think this Washington game is going to be the tougher, the toughest of these three games coming up. So coming out of this bye week, I think, you know, we'll sort of see against a Washington team that, you know, has played the Falcons pretty tough the last couple of times they've played them. And uh, we'll sort of have to see how they uh, fare in this game. Yeah, it's, it's basically, you know, can you go out and score on the defense? That Washington's been really frisky, like better than I thought they were going to be, especially defensively. I think their record is might be maybe a little bit misleading, but at the same time, Washington, you know, their offense isn't exactly terrifying, but with, with the way the Falcons are playing defense, it could get into a weird spot there. So it's basically, in my opinion, can the Falcons go out and put up a number on this Washington defense, and nobody's been able to really do that in the recent past. Um, but this Falcons offense is, what, a top-10 unit in most metrics, and I think there might even be a little bit better than that with my eyes. And, you know, off of eye, you would imagine they have a couple wrinkles. Uh, you know, this is the stuff where you can definitely talk more about it than I can on specifics, but I would imagine that they'll be, they'll be well-prepared, and if they uh, sort of throw the kitchen sink out in that first half, maybe get a lead, it's kind of, it becomes a little bit easier to play um, if you have some uh, comfort with your offense. So, yeah, it's definitely, this is, the, I agree with this is the toughest one in the next three, and uh, I still think if you you got to get all three. This is it's nice to be off a bye for the toughest matchup, I guess. Yeah, definitely, you're right. I think they will have some things that they can throw at them, um, and we'll sort of see if they work. Uh, so far, on the road, they haven't quite had the things click for them. Um, but you know, again, coming off of the bye, doing the self evaluation, I'm sure that was part of the process and sort of figuring, okay, why do we get off to these struggling starts? on the road and, and really can't get anything going and, and sort of maybe things that they can change up. So um, I think, you know, they can definitely put a, a, a positive foot forward. We'll see it this week. Um, since I have you here, Brad, I might as well go ahead and plug the Lockdown Hawks podcast, uh, part of the NBA side of the Lockdown Podcast Network, one of 30 Lockdown podcasts on that side of the network. Uh, you can find Brad talking up a storm about the Atlanta Hawks who we will be talking about in just a moment. Um, But you can find that wherever you get your Locked On podcasts, your NBA team every day. So, Brad, let's talk about the Hawks. Um, I will have to say, I will have to admit that I haven't had the opportunity to uh, watch any Hawks basketball this year. Uh, Just staying focused on the NFL and just the early part of the NBA season just never matches up as we get closer to the end of the year. And depending on maybe, you know, if I start to check out a little bit on the Falcon season, if, if things don't go quite <laughs> to, as well as that we all hope, um, maybe I'll be able to catch a little bit, a couple more Hawks games. But, uh, you know, I, I think the Hawks come, certainly compared to last season, 
are, you know, having a much better start. I think all the consternation about, you know, the drafting of Trey Young um, seems to sort of have gone out the window, I think. Um, so I'm curious, what are your thoughts to these first couple of games of the Hawks season? Yeah, I mean, first of all, this is one of the reasons why I can't cover the uh, the NFL like I would want to is because you don't have time to cover basketball right now. I I, I know that full well. So, uh, yeah, the season keeps starting earlier and earlier. This this year it was like October 15th the Hawks were opening, and it's like plus preseason and training camp before that. So, yeah, it's kind of tough to do both. But, yeah, uh, the Hawks are, you know, they're not great, and I think everyone knows it. They're 2-5 and five now as we as we talk now on this fun Wednesday, and it's, uh, it's a spot where – you know, they're more entertaining than they have been in the recent past. Part of that is Trey Young, um, which is nice. And I do think the Doncic-Young conversation just never goes away. And um, part of that's just because that's one of those things in the NBA, especially it's a star-driven league and a trade like that, even if there are you know in- intricacies beyond that, it's always going to be Young versus Doncic forever. Um, so it's never going to fully fade away. But I do think um, even the Young skeptics, which I was sort of one, I mean, I was not a hugely harsh Young skeptic, but I would not have done that trade, for instance. And I said that on my podcast. I, I didn't love it at, when it happened. I did defend it a little bit. And the fact that the Hawks got a really nice asset along with Young with a uh, pretty good draft pick from Dallas. But uh, Young looks good. I mean, he's played well. There's been some ugly games. He's had, I guess, two games I would say were pretty, you know, rookie-ish bad um, along the way. But out of seven, that's not a bad percentage. And he's had a couple of really nice ones as well. I think he's been better than I thought he would be so far in the early going. I thought he might struggle a little bit more than this. He'll be inconsistent to be sure, but that's what happens when you, when you have a 19, 20-year-old point guard. Um, it's going to have good nights, bad nights, but he does bring a little bit of entertainment value to this Hawks team. They're also playing without John Collins, who I think is probably their their second most entertaining player. He may not be the best player, which he, he actually might be the best player um, when he comes back, but you know, without Collins, it's a little bit um, more of a struggle sometimes for this Hawks team. When he's back, it'll be more fun, but they're competing. They've had a couple of ugly losses with a couple of just really, really bad quarters. It's kind of funny. They're this young team, and they'll play well for three quarters or at least solid for three quarters and they'll have this just absolute disaster for like 10 minutes and it's happened two three four times already this year where they've just like they've played really really solid for like 30 minutes out of 48 and then the other 18 are just disastrous so it's it's gonna happen but this is this is it's, it's more of a fun team than last year you know I know last year's team was bad and this team's gonna be bad too I think in the, in the grand scheme of things scoreboard wise but there'll be some nights and we already had one when Young went kind of crazy in Cleveland mm-hmm. had 35 points and just had a lot of fun so there'll be some times at least nationally when people are like paying attention to the Hawks this year for the first time in probably two years and that's fun even if the team is not gonna be great yeah, that, and that's why I feel a little bit more ashamed the fact that I haven't been able to watch the Hawks so far this season, just because it seems like they're a much uh, fun team, and with Young sort of, you know, running a little bit hot and cold from again being from sort of following uh, your podcast and 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 sort of what people are saying on Twitter so far this season. I haven't got the chance to see for myself, but you know, you've had some big nights for him. You've had some low key nights for him. Um, and it, it seems like the Hawks are, are a young team. They got, you know, some, uh, I can't believe Vince Carter's still in the league. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> that was, but, a, that uh, was a weird one when it happened, by the way, like when, when they signed Vince, people like, people that kept asking me like, what are they doing? I'm like, well, I know it doesn't really make sense cause he's 41, but he, he's got a little bit left in the tank. And I think part of that's that he wants to be in Atlanta and do some TV and all that fun stuff. But, you know, Vince is, uh, he's still fun. Every once in a while, he'll get in the way back machine and kind of do something fun. And uh, he's good to have a vet around too, which everybody kind of loves Vince Carter. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it's just weird because like, you know, you wouldn't necessarily peg Vince Carter as, you know, at least from his reputation as like the sort of the steady veteran to teach the young guys how to be pros 
type of player. But, uh, you know, it, it seems to be working out fairly well for them. And, and the Hawks sort of are, um, you know, looking like a team that, you know, I think it took them, what, like 19 games last year to get to their third win? It, it feels like they could get that third win at any point in the next week. So that's progress. And, and certainly one of the things we talked about during the summer uh, before the draft was sort of the quote-unquote process of sort of them rebuilding their team and, and sort of, you know, starting off with the Trey Young pick. And, and I'm, I'm curious, you know, the people that were big on Trey Young uh, were often comparing him to a sort of a young Steph Curry. I'm curious sort of watching the season so far. Do you sort of uh, buy those comparisons? You know, I, I don't love that comparison. I definitely understand it because of the way that Young is capable of shooting from a long way away and the fact that he, you know, is a, was a high-end scorer in college. I, you know, I think Young is more of a passer than Curry. Um, Young is already a very, very good NBA passer, probably like borderline elite NBA passer already, which is, I think that's his best trait, and I've been saying that for a while. So I think that doesn't really line up perfectly. Um, but there is some of that in there. I think Young's going to have to get better off the ball. That's something that Curry's already so good at and already was when he came in the league, just being really, really good away from the ball, like coming off screens and just being really active. Young kind of needs the ball in his hands more right now. Uh, he's more of a you know, pure, pure point guard's kind of a funny word, but he's, he's definitely more of that and the fact that he just needs to be able to create for himself and others with, with the bounce and with the pass. Um, but yeah, I mean, I understand it. I think he got compared actually um, – more internally with the Hawks and people around the Hawks to somebody like Steve Nash. Um, I like that comparison a little bit more. Obviously, you know, you're comparing him to two Hall of Famers, and that's always dangerous. But I think he plays a little bit more like Nash, more more of a passer like that, more crafty, um, not as big as Curry, but not like, you know, not incredibly small either. But Nash was really crafty around the rim. He also was like one of the best shooters of all time. People don't, people don't really realize that about Steve Nash is that he was an elite shooter, just like Young can be, but he was still, you know, known as a passer. And that's, that's what I think Young's going to be too. So, you know, lofty expectations, lofty comparisons to be sure. But, you know, you see those moments when he takes over a game for a quarter like he did in Cleveland. He's had a couple of quarters like that already this year where you can see like the galvanizing potential of that pick. It was really high, a really high upside pick, but part of my fear was it was with uh, with his floor and how it could flame out. And honestly, it's a small sample, but I can't imagine him flaming out now. Like there, there's a scenario where he's not like a super duper star, but because of his passing, because of the fact that he's already been a solid NBA player through seven games, I, you know, the, the downside is kind of mitigated a little bit. It's never all the way gone to you see it for over a long period of time, but Given the, what we've what, what kind of already seen, I think he's going to be around for a long time and be a very, very good NBA player. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And it, it's good. I think, you know, uh, Atlanta sports needs some wins. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people sort of coming out of the draft were thinking that the Hawks definitely lost on that end. And obviously that's going to be something that people will be debating, as you mentioned, for many, many years to come. But it, it does at least look like um, even if, you know, eight years from now or something, people are like, oh, yeah, Doncic would have been a better pick or, or whatever the case may be. Trey Young will be a very good player uh, potentially for Atlanta, and, and so no one's going to necessarily look at that as like, oh, the the Hawks definitely blew that one or something like that. So I think that's a positive moving forward, and it does seem like a lot of that um, uh, anger and frustration, I think, is is now gone, and, and, and I think it's good for Hawks fans to be able to see a young player that's very talented, that has lots of upside, and and could, you know, help uh, start the resurrection of this franchise that, it, it, it you know, it's still surprising, but it wasn't that long ago that they were in the um, 
the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I mean, it's it'd be nice if he was. I'm not sure Young's gonna be the best player on the Hawks, but he might be, and and that's the, having a guy that actually could legitimately be, be your best player in a couple years, and that's like a real possibility uh, on a good team is uh, exciting, and he has that kind of upside for sure. So we got more to talk about, uh, and I do want to get Brad's thoughts on sort of the NBA at large here um, in a moment, but uh, I do want to let you guys know about the fantasy football side of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where there are two fantasy football shows. Lockdown Fantasy Football 24-7 gives you all the injury updates that you need to help win your uh, games each weekend, as well as Lockdown Fantasy uh, with host Vinny Iyer, which is Lockdown Fantasy Experts. Uh, where you get a different expert every day to help you guys win your league this year. So you can find both wherever you get your Locked On Podcast Network, your fantasy team every day. So, Brad, let's talk about the rest of the NBA. Uh, you know, I think everybody, you know, we, we've talked about this a bunch over the last couple of years uh, with sort of like, you know, the NBA is no fun because everybody knows who's going to win the finals, blah, blah, blah. Uh, not necessarily to, to rehash that old argument, but uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on on sort of what you're seeing so far uh, in the NBA season? It seems like there's been quite a bit of scoring output uh, the last couple of games, at least uh, league-wide. And sort of what are your thoughts on what you're seeing in the early going of this 2018-2019 uh, NBA season? As you say there, I mean, scoring is up. Pace is up. I think entertainment value is generally up around the league. It's a it's a fun time to be an NBA fan. You know, I, I do think that, you know, the comment you made there about everybody knows who's going to win the championship is still out there. I think the Warriors are the favorites for a reason. They're absolutely loaded. Um, but we saw last year, I think people that were paying attention may have already forgot about this, but they were, you know, on the very, very brink of losing last season. And I think people, now, because they won the championship, um, it, it became this narrative about how it was inevitable but they were a few minutes from being balanced by the by the Rockets, and they were certainly the favorite in that series. But they were down three two and on the ropes in Game Six, and um, you know I, this is sort of the same thing this year. I think that they are the favorite, but they can be beaten. I mean, I may not be, it may not be the Rockets, but it might be the Celtics or the Raptors, or you know, there's there there are teams up that are very very capable. It probably takes some regression from Golden State to make it really interesting, but they aren't like completely and utterly unbeatable as people might have thought that they were. A year ago, but you know, in general, there's there's a lot of fun teams at the top. I think Toronto is going to be really, really good. They already are um, replacing, you know, Demar Derozan with Kawhi Leonard helps because Kawhi Leonard is one of the best five players on the planet. He's really, really good. Um, Boston is not quite playing at the level that we thought that we thought they would so far, but they're absolutely loaded. They have five, six, seven, eight guys who all should be starters and uh, are really, really good. And even Milwaukee, you know, old friend Mike Budenholzer used to coach the Hawks. Um, Milwaukee's loaded, and they have Giannis, who is already a super-duper elite player, and they're they're suddenly well-coached, and that looks like it matters. Like, they're undefeated. They won their first seven games, and uh, they're probably not going to beat the Warriors, but the Bucks like, are capable of winning big. And, you know, LeBron's in L.A. too, which is always a soap opera. Uh, they aren't playing super well right now but it hasn't stopped anybody from talking about LeBron and it won't because LeBron is LeBron so I mean without getting like through every single team it's it's a situation where there's a lot of fun storylines the Jimmy Butler thing has been endlessly entertaining because he is going to get traded at some point but no one knows when or where and how and uh, that stuff is entertaining to me not, not everybody loves it I know that non non-NBA fans don't always love these sort of soap opera aspects but there's a lot going on, which is always entertaining. People like me, they're covering the league. And for me, the most important thing is the basketball is a lot better than it was when I was a kid. I think just that it's just a high-level play every night. There are obviously some nights where uh, a game or two get off the rails, but for the most part, it's the best athletes in the world. They're playing, they're flying around, and it's a lot of fun to watch. 
Yeah, I'm the same way. As a casual NBA fan, I'm just like, I just want to see good basketball. Like, whether or not I know who's going to win the finals doesn't really matter to me. Like, when Jordan was at the height of his powers, we knew he was going to win every year. It just, I guess it was a little bit more dramatic. So I guess for whatever reason, people thought that was uh, a better product or whatever. And I'm not trying to disparage, you know, 90s NBA basketball by any means by saying that. But um, it is one of those things where it's like when you have, you know, Giannis and, and the Milwaukee Bucks doing their thing and, and you know, obviously Golden State and, and what Clay did the other night, uh, which was ridiculous and, and whatnot. So, um, you know, I think as long as you just get entertaining basketball and if you can't have fun watching the NBA, at least my philosophy the last couple of years when, you know, people have been complaining about it. If you can't have fun watching the NBA product this year, then, I, you know, I, I don't I don't know what to tell you. But uh, there's there's some fun things to see out there. And I certainly know that as we get um, closer to the end of the year and then certainly uh, after the football season, I'll, I'll definitely be checking out a lot more NBA things. Uh, is there sort of a, an under the radar sort of thing that you're, you know, in addition to the things that you've already mentioned, but uh, a sort of under the radar thing um, that only the, you know, the experts like yourself are, are aware of that maybe casual people like me need to pay a little bit more attention to? Um, you know, I think, I think the Bucks are one, I know I already mentioned them, them being undefeated is kind of crazy. And they're like, you know, Giannis might be the guy who's just like making the next step. And there's always one or two of those guys that kind of go into that, you know, super duper star atmosphere. Giannis was already really famous and good, but he might be doing the next thing. Same goes for New Orleans and Anthony Davis, who's again, already famous, but might be changing teams in the near future. There's a lot of buzz about that. Um, he has not asked for a trade or anything like that, but I think he's someone who could be uh, on the way out in the near future. By the way, like the weird, there's also weirdness. Like the Washington Wizards are a disaster, and they've been really good. Maybe not really good, but they've been good for a long time with John Wall and those guys. But they're suddenly one and six, and like sniping in the media, and it's like kind of falling apart. And that's a team that's been in the playoffs like every year for a while. So I mean, none of these things are like overwhelmingly great stories, but all put together, they're all these really interesting. And I, I think going back to Minnesota. That's the one Minnesota and Minnesota and Houston in the Western Conference. Like those are two teams that were very much projected to be playoff teams. Houston won sixty five games last year, and they're I think they're one and five so far this year. So there's there's little storylines to monitor. The Jimmy Butler thing is like the active soap opera that everyone's following, which I think everybody kind of knows right now. But there are just little basketball stories like Milwaukee, like New Orleans, like Sacramento's five and three, and they're usually just absolutely terrible. And that's a team to like maybe they, maybe they actually maybe they still are, and maybe it's just like a situation where they're playing well in a small in a small spot and it happens to be early on in the season, but that's that kind of stuff where I love the minutia of the league. Not everybody loves that, but uh, kind of whatever you like about sports, I think you could probably find it in the NBA unless you just don't like basketball, which is fine. People don't like basketball, but if you do, you can kind of find whichever niche that you like, whether it's minutia or trades or just the actual games itself or, you know, soap opera drama it kind of has everything that you would want if you just like basketball even a little bit. And uh, if you don't, that's fine. But if you do, it's fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, the NFL is, is no, um, is ne- it's never short on drama. It's never short on, <laughs> yes. on the soap opera aspect. Um, you know, people love to complain about the NFL um, when it comes to you know what the league is doing and what Roger Goodell is doing and what this team is doing. So um, you can certainly find that in the NBA as well, but you can also you know find some actual good basketball as well, uh, which you can't always say about the NFL because you know football. These last couple of years, it, it's weird because you you do have teams like uh, Kansas City and, and whatnot, and, and what Aaron Rodgers is doing, and, uh, among others, you know, playing at a really high level, and then you just have some really bad football as well. So uh, I guess all leagues sort of deal with that. Um, would you agree? 
Yeah, I would. I would say um, I think the problem sometimes the NFL has is when those bad games are in standalone windows. Like, for instance, this week there's that, there's that Raiders-Niners game on Thursday night, and it's like, oh, man. I like football, but like, do I want to watch that? I'm not. I'm not sure that I do. Like that. That's where they get kind of. I think it's almost unfair because it's just you know you can't predict that. Obviously, before the season starts, the Niners are supposed to be pretty good with Garoppolo, and the Raiders aren't supposed to be this. But then you look up and you know whatever it is, like week nine, week ten, and you have this just like absolute disaster on national TV. That hurts sometimes. But uh, I think you're right. Um, just because you wouldn't normally see a national TV game of like you know Hawks Kings, but that's just kind of the way yeah. the NFL works. There's just more turnover, and uh, teams have to teams have to be on national TV sometimes, and all that all that weird TV stuff, but that's, that's that's probably the only difference. And even then, people still watch those NFL games because of fantasy and gambling and whatever else, so they had that appeal too. Yeah, I'll definitely – well, I won't say definitely. I will probably try and watch some of the 49ers Raiders game just for I'll the I'll have it on too. Yeah, it's just one yeah, of those things. <laughs> you know, so, you know, we can make fun of Gruden, I guess, on Twitter or whatever, uh, Kyle Shanahan as well. So that'll be – you know, that'll probably entertain me more than the game itself. For at least a quarter, maybe. So we'll we'll sort of see what comes to fruition after that point. But uh, Brad, I want to thank you for coming on with me and, and talking both Falcons and Hawks. We'll have to do it again, uh, maybe closer to the end of the Falcon season. We we'll get a little bit more in the NBA season and sort of seeing how things uh, come together for the Hawks as well as the rest of the NBA. Sound good? Absolutely, we'll always uh, do it whenever you want. And uh, sometimes I'm gonna I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna start bugging you once you've actually watched some Hawks games. We'll have to talk about the Hawks in my podcast. I, w- I want your takes. It'll be good. Okay, uh, <laughs> I will definitely make an admission to to watch a little bit more Hawks games, uh, and then maybe start this week as well. So uh, you, you get some Hawks takes. Uh, they'll probably be terrible Hawks takes, but uh, you know they'll they'll be some takes. Bring them on. I look forward to it. And uh, thanks as always for having me, man. All right, uh, Brad, let the people know, um, you know, I know most of the people listening probably do know where they can find you on Twitter and as well as your various uh, writing platforms. But uh, for those listening that don't know, let the people know. Yeah, I am on Twitter at BT Roland. That's R-O-W-L-A-N-D. Uh, also, my podcast, the Locked on Hawks podcast, is at Locked on Hawks on Twitter. And I write for a number of different outlets. I cover the Hawks at Peachtree Hoops on SB Nation. I cover the Braves at SB Nation's Talking Shop. And I also cover some national NBA stuff, some football, some baseball, other stuff at Uprock Sports and Dime Magazine. So that's a lot of different places. But uh, find everything that I write on Twitter uh, at BT Roland. That's probably the best place to find me. All right, Brad. I appreciate it, man. Um, and uh, look forward to talking to you again. Sounds good. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.